this thing. No title again. Is it rolling, Bob? Check, check, check. Okay. Boy, oh boy. The number of times I've said today, no, I'm I'm not going to start a podcast. And yet here I am, June 30th, about 5.30 in the p.m., sitting in um, Thompson Park. A very pleasant time of day. Uh, sky's still a little hazy from the smoke, but it's not like we had uh, a couple of days of really, really bad smoke. I mean, you just stepped outside and you could smell the wood from the uh, the fires that are raging all over Canada. Unfortunately, a horrible summer, worst ever. Smoke is spreading everywhere. And it's horrific when you think once a fire gets going in a, in a forest, and Canada's made up of large areas of just forest, and you think of all the animals that live there, and, and I mean, it's encroaching on native reserves and towns. It's been awful. It's been awful. So, anyway, of course, here in Scarborough, we're relatively safe, although, having said that, I don't know, I guess I just... Oh, yeah, I got a, a sort of a news... CP24 news bulletin. Lawrence and um, Bellamy Road North, which is, you know, somebody says, where do you live? I'd say Lawrence and Bellamy Road North. Um, a stabbing and then follow-up. Well, a person died in hospital. So that's never a good thing in your neighborhood there just seems to be an incredible number of stabbings going on i mean you know it's bad enough the shootings but now the stabbings and and it's such a to me well they're either way but if if you're shot and it's through the heart or the head or something and you're dead right on the spot uh you know i mean hey it's not a nice way to go but but the idea of stabbing, of being in excruciating pain and, and waiting for police or an ambulance to come and pick you up off the road and, and drive you to the hospital and then find out, nope, you're dead anyway. Anyway, uh, just kind of unpleasant, a weird feeling about the whole thing. And then turn on the news to follow this to and say, oh, there's another one. Wait a minute, Lawrence and... Uh, uh, or Ellesmere and McCowan, which is the same neighborhood... So I was on my way to pick up a chicken, and of course, I come out of the library, I'll get back to that, and uh, our little shopping area, well, that's all blocked off, so maybe the stabbing was right behind the shopping mall, and then head up McCowan to go where I can buy the $10 chicken at my uh, Freshco, and no, no, the road's all blocked off, you can't get along uh, Ellesmere now. Because of uh, shootings, drive-by shootings. Oh, my God. And, well, I head up to uh, uh, a little further north in the same area. No, 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 no. There's a car got hit by a gold train. Well, how that even happens? I mean, like, come on. So, a bad day this Friday, June 30th uh, in Scarborough. I'm always bragging about how much I love the place and so on. But these these are, it's unsettling. And it's funny, a, a car pulled up. The getaway is often a black SUV. 
And I'm driving around the road in a black SUV. I think it was that type. Uh, pulls up to me, and the guy's got his window rolled down. Said, What's going on? Is it blocked here? And I said, oh, stabbing. What's with these people? And uh, interesting. Um, just that little exchange of... <sighs> Why aren't, why aren't people nice? Why is this happening? Why can't people just get along? And meanwhile, there's other traffic trying to get by, so we cut our conversation short. But um, there's just so many nice people who don't want this kind of life. Like, what's going on? Is it gangs? Is it retaliation? You sort of get the feeling that maybe those two incidents, the shootings and the stabbing, are connected. And there are gang things. And I, and I know years and years ago, I was, you know, when people started talking about when my kids are in school. And, you know, I made aware of, oh, well, you got to be aware of red or blue signifies which gang you're in. And I said, wait a minute, a gang, we don't have gang culture like that. What's this red and blue shit? No, no, it's, it's sort of come up from the States and people affiliated with them. And that was nonsense. That was an import that we didn't need. And that, you know, we don't hear about those colors anymore. But it was a huge thing for quite a while. But that whole idea of the gang mentality and what you belong to, it's not that, you know, I mean, I know I make this sound like, oh, fuck, all, every problem we have is I mean, an American problem that they've passed on to us or we've imported. Uh, and as I was having a conversation with Doug this morning over coffee at Tim Hortons in his area, um, no, we've got our share of problems and have all along. We just sometimes are a little bit, um, what's that word? A little bit uppity about, you don't know, we're better. Um, and of course, some a bit smug. We're a bit smug sometimes when we realize, hey, we've wiped out an entire native populations and, uh, the situation now that the reserves don't have decent drinking water and all the other things that are going on. Uh, speaking of a related matter, um, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pour all this shit out. That's how I start the podcast, right? Um, I figured, okay, well, before I going out, before going out to get my chicken, I'll go to the library because I'm almost finished uh, the prisoner book, the uh, the uh, story of this Tamil man who rose very high as a uh, mutual funds or was, you know, seller. Uh, the book is better than I thought. I was a little harsh at the beginning saying it's not nearly as good as Brown Boy. And in terms of writing, it's not as good. But the story is interesting. I'm somebody, uh, you know, went through hell in Sri Lanka. And it never, it never ends. Like it shows up continually throughout the book, throughout his life's journey. And basically it is his life's journey. And it's very interesting. The people we who helped him along the way and uh, the inner demons he's still fighting. Um, I, I'm really involved. I guess I just, I really like biographies and autobiographies. Um, and so the story is, uh, it, it's improved, but I'm going to be finished. I went back to, as I always do, the new section. And I picked up a book that I had looked at before and thought, nah, I'm not ready for that. Uh, and remember, this is in a string of, page boy which described what it was like to be trans and then brown boy what it's like to be a pakistani canadian and then prisoner what's it like to be a sri lankan trying to make your way up in the business world when you're brown skinned and the one i picked up today is called unbroken uh in the native people section 
by Angela Sterrett, My Fight for Survival, Hope, and Justice for Indigenous Women and Girls. The fact that I put it back once, sort of picked it up, that no, I've, I've had enough of Indigenous issues, and I realized, no, no, I haven't. I'm very ignorant and ill-informed. So the kick I'm on is actually to to read more and learn more and, and uh, be a better person for it. Uh, Stare at stories, living proof of how courageous Indigenous women are. Listen to her voice and hear the sound of the land. Hear the sound of our women weeping, but also raging, refusing to be neglected or ignored any longer. And I guess she's a... Um, a new, clear, compelling, and urgent voice illuminates a critical topic of our times with the passion and profound caring of a devoted sister, a tour de force. Angela Sterrett takes on Canada's deeply flawed justice system, deftly exposing systematic racism and the continuing impacts of colonialism. So all that is good and certainly reason to be uh, reading this book. So I, I'm very excited about that. Um, I'll just read the inside cover. Well, we're at it as a, now I'm not sure how you pronounce it, G-I-T-X-S-A-N, Jitsan, maybe, Jitsan teenager, navigating a life on the streets, Angela Sterrett wrote in her journal to help her survive and find her place in the world. Now an acclaimed journalist, she writes for major news outlets to push for justice and to light a path for Indigenous women, girls, and survivors. In her brilliant debut, Sterrett shares her life story alongside investigative reporting into cases of missing and murdered Indigenous women, showing how colonialism and racism led to a society where Sterrett struggled to survive as a young person and where the lives of Indigenous women and girls are ignored and devalued. She could have been me, Sterrett acknowledges daily, and her empathy for victims, survivors, and families drives her present-day investigations. In the end, Sterrett steps into a place of power, demanding accountability from the media and the public, exposing racism and showing that there is much work to be done to, to do on the path toward understanding the truth. But most importantly, she proves that the strength and brilliance of Indigenous women is unbroken and that together they can build lives of joy and abundance. That is absolutely wonderful. And so I'm just, I'm pleased with myself. Uh, and I know that sounds terrible as a white colonial. Uh, what's what's Anthony call us? Uh, uh, not a farmer, but um, there, there's a word that I refuse to accept. Um, meaning people who have come here and aren't native to the land. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm... I will be moved by this book, and I'm very glad. And, and I'm shocked uh, of what I hear, in particular, the number of women who are, are just abused and mistreated and uh, killed and, uh, you know, just there's no accountability and people aren't being brought to a trial for the murders, you know. Anyway, that's kind of a dark way to start a podcast, uh, but it's just that kind of day. And in a, in a way, uh, as I was talking with Doug today, I mean, part of the, uh, you know, I talk about the legacy I've inherited of uh, growing up for 75 years in my life to be without hunger or war or fear 
um, and that there's there's an obligation, number one, to celebrate and enjoy the life that I have, to make the most of it. Um, gosh, I, I don't know what else exactly I have to do um, other than be grateful. Hey, nice to see you again. Hey, it's been a long time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Eid Mubarak. Yeah. Take care. Good to see you again, my friend. I'm back. I have this. I have to walk with this now. My legs are not good, but I can walk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's terrible to smoke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta watch it. You're looking good. You're looking healthy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The right clothes for the day. That's good. Okay. Take care, my friend. Bye bye. Well, if that doesn't, if that doesn't get you, and, and <laughs> maybe it won't get you, uh, but if you are a continuing listener to the Dixon Change podcast, and thank you, Doug, for listening. Doug seems <laughs> right up to date, uh, and I really do appreciate that. I have a handful of listeners, but I'm grateful for that handful, believe me. Uh, but if you are a regular listener, you will know that is the man that I very often shouted to from my car, the man I uh, claim to have a great deal of trouble understanding. Uh, today, I understood a great deal of what he had to say. Uh, and that was that was that was just such a beautiful exchange, and, and it's in such counterpart to the knifings, the, the drive-by shootings, the the hell that's going on uh, around us that I've just been talking about. And suddenly, you end this note in your local park with somebody who you just you engage with, you engage with. And that was an engagement, and, and it's these positive engagements. And it was, a, and I'm happy I remembered Eid Mubarak, and because he touched his chest back, and and it was a very, <laughs> what a beautiful exchange that was. I'm going to aim here because <laughs> I just simply cannot top that. I, 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 I wish I had taken a picture of my friend, but I think that would have just been an interference uh, and uh, unnatural. But I have this vision in my face of of this guy. <sighs> Scarborough, <laughs> Scarborough dude, enjoying Scarborough for all its uh, problems and uh, shortcomings here and there. And uh, on my journey to aim and try, continue to try to be a better informed and more caring and better person. Signing off for now. Bye bye. And welcome back, boys and girls. It's been a while, been a few days. It is uh, Monday, July 3rd, here in Canada, uh, and lots of other places in the world. It's a um, national holiday, because uh, Saturday, July 1st, was Canada Day, and tomorrow, a holiday in the States for Independence Day, July 4th. But uh, anyway, here I am, 
back on the podcast, I got a few things, quotes I've been taking from books and some from the internet. Uh, I've been sharing the books I've been reading, what they were, what they're about, what I got from them, why I'm so excited to be reading again. I've just started Unbroken, and that's not going to be a fun read at all. That is just about the injustices uh, heaped onto the Aboriginal people of Canada, mainly. And um, all the horror and the pain and the suffering, including, you know, the uh, murdered and Indigenous, or missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Oh, my God. But I'm going to, I'm just starting that, so we're, we're not going to talk about that on this one. I'm reading it for my own um, um, education, you know, of course. Uh, and maybe because it's a kind of book that, in a way, I don't want to read because I maybe don't want to know, but I know I should know. So there we are. All right, but meanwhile, these quotes, and I know maybe quotes don't make for good podcasting, but... Um, I don't know how, how else to share it. If I was doing blogging, of course, I would weave these in and find an introduction or how I got there. But uh, I'm just going to uh, read them out to you. Now, the first one I've got is from a um, a, women, a woman of, uh, gosh, I don't know if she was Saudi to start with. But anyway, she's pushing back against Islam. Um, she was quite well known. And it's somebody I follow on Twitter. Uh, And the quote goes, People say that religion is on the decline in the West. It isn't. It's just been replaced by the various flavors of woke, which is very much modeled on Christianity. The main difference being that with the former, no salvation is possible. In brackets, you can never be woke enough, period. I kind of like that one because I am realized I'm in the camp. Yes, I'm in favor of woke, and, and it's, it's what am I in favor of? I'm in favor of greater awareness of realities and other perspectives. I guess that's it. Um, but I know when I was going through and we were doing racism, and we read that book where just by definition, if you're a white, you're a racist. And a racist. And I and I and the number of people I saw eating that up. Oh my God! Finally, I'm I'm realize I'm a racist. And there's a very good chance they weren't. Uh, and just being white and a church gore, you know, should not be the definition of well, that makes you guilty. Uh, and a lot of people are, are adopting that, and, and I found some interesting passages in the book that I read called uh, Prisoner 1051, or whatever the number was, about the young Tamil who was uh, at a very, very nasty time uh, while imprisoned by the Sinhalese during the uh, the war in Sri Lanka. And um, I just finished his book, as I may have mentioned, called uh, Prisoner. Um, I was a little shocked at some of the hatred he expressed earlier for Sinhalese, and then there were exceptions, of course, like his uncle who saved him from jail, who was just uh, a good friend of his father's, uh, and how much he was pro-Tamil terrorist group, or we call them terrorist group, he didn't, um, for 
you know, prolonging the war and blowing up people and, and just the almost a celebration of war and, and I, I just have an hatred and, and I really did not like that. Now he redeemed himself as I went through the book and I'll, I'll get to some quotes by him later on. I should have his name. What, how embarrassing that I don't even have his name. Uh, he, he went by the name Roy. So leave it at that. But you could find the book or ask me. Um, the On Canada Land, I show I uh, talk about quite often on this podcast, he interviewed somebody who was uh, pro-Sikh independence. And oh my God. So here's another group who's going to want to get into war and fight for carve off some territory because they don't want to be part of mainland or, or India. They want to have their own nation identity. And, of course, there's all kinds of fighting and wars going on under those names, which is almost like religious wars, but now it's... Well, yeah, it is. Still, it comes down, it comes right down to it. Um, one of the things that upset me about his interview, and he was a very well-educated man talking to Jesse was talking about one of the, uh, that I guess Jesse brought up, one of the floats that was in a parade in um, uh, British Columbia, where many of the Sikhs live, uh, lower mainland. And they were celebrating, you know, Sikhism and their religion, and it was for whatever the particular reason for the celebration, I don't remember, but one of the floats that's... uh, That is now called um, six inches away from the road trek, mowing the neighbor's lawn because I sort of park on the border. And I guess it's technically part of our lawn. I'm not sure. But anyway, today she's decided it's lawn mowing day on top of many other things that she's doing today. And untiringly and in good spirits. Now, can I go back to... uh, this float. The float depicted the assassination of Indira Gandhi in 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 like joyfully celebrated. She was killed by two of her own bodyguards who were Sikhs and shot. And this float sort of showed a, a mock-up dummy of her covered in blood and two Sikhs hovering over her with guns, I guess. And that was on a parade float in Canada as part of a joyous celebration in, in, in honor of Sikhism. That bothers me. Like, that that's hatred. You know, and now I didn't know. He had his perspective of why this woman deserved to be assassinated. I didn't know the history, don't know the history. But, <laughs> you know, and I guess if, uh, I don't know, somebody assassinated Putin, I would not be upset at all. But I, I don't think I'd want to see it in a parade float, okay? That's, that's all I'm saying. I, I don't think that's right. Anyway, let's move on. I'm going to give you these quotes. I, I know I'm I'm trying. I'm determined not to wander today, but um, I I kind of have to. This book I'm just been referring to by Roy, with a long uh, Tamil name. I appreciate the tireless, valiant effort to bridge the racial divide and address injustice. He's talking about Canada here. But let's face it, we're pushing on an open door. Have you ever heard someone come out in favor of racism? 
To suggest that there is systematic racism in Canada is not only disingenuous, but very offensive to a country I call home as a man of color. So, just leave that there. Okay, kind of like that. It is my view that our society has veered dangerously into the trap of identity politics. Again, he's talking about Canada. We now classify people primarily by race and skin color. This used to be the very definition of racism. I see more and more racial hate and rhetoric spewed by those who claim to fight for equality. That the behaviors we corrected in our children one or two generations ago now pass for acceptable behavior is mind-boggling. Bullying, name-calling, shunning, gossiping, destroying reputations, and practicing personality before principles are now accepted, applauded, and even celebrated. It is a disgusting mess that we will find that, but we will find hard to walk back from. So he's talking about, you know, related to wokeism, but related to suddenly people coming out and uh, identifying by race and color and who knows religion too, I guess. Um, and that it isn't a healthy thing. It is always easy to criticize freedom, democracy, and capitalism while enjoying the associated benefits of it. You will never find such fake revolutionaries living on a farm because they're too busy working for a living. All these revolutionaries live in urban settings. They maintain moral narcissism about historical statues and street names. And we only have to think about what happened at Ryerson University when he was toppled and dropped into the... uh, Lake Ontario, and the move to spend a million dollars or more to get rid of uh, the name Dundas, which nobody knows about, but people think, ooh, ooh, yeah, get rid of that name. He was bad. All these revolutionaries live in urban settings. They maintain moral narcissism about historical statues and street names by using smartphones made by captive labor in horrendous conditions, somehow does not impact their moral virtue at all. So he's saying there's a little bit of hypocrisy in there. Easy to look at what we've done wrong here in Canada and get rid of Dundas and get rid of Churchill and get rid of this and that. And I know, I mean, seeing this as a middle-class, privileged white man, and what's the other definition? Uh, Homesteader, maybe, was that it? I'm not, but uh, I guess my ancestors might have been. I'm not sure that's the right one, but anyway, I talked about this before. Self-loathing is possible only to those who enjoy a position of comfort, peace, and affluence. That's important, boys and girls. To magnanimously blame yourself for the crimes of history is to announce that you have arrived. Look at me. I know all the harm done for people in my skin color here in Canada. Okay. All right. So anyway, I mean, I I would expect, I don't know who listens to this podcast. Maybe somebody would want to challenge me on those things. But I'm just saying, you know, just to wholeheartedly accept everything because there's this moral righteousness. That's, That's really what I'm getting at. The people who are so convinced that now they know the truth 
and uh, better make everybody aware of it. If you don't agree, then you are obviously a bigot, a racist, and Islamophobe, and, and everything else. And that's just plain bullshit. And, and as this man, who is a great Canadian, uh, since the age of 18 when he arrived here, with $100, no, $50, he spent 50 on a pair of Adidas in, uh, at an airport, um, is, um, you know, it's enlightening to hear another person's perspective. Okay, I'm going to stop this particular clip, and, and maybe I'll use it, maybe I won't. But really what I'm wanting to do, and I, I will be doing soon, um, is reflecting on and trying to state what it is I actually believe, believe in, believe to be true. Uh, and all this stems from a Canada Day visit to Kingston, Ontario, former capital of Canada, but was too close to the Americans who could have come over and uh, taken it over. So Queen Victoria had the wisdom to move the capital to Ottawa, much further inland. But uh, Kingston is still a wonderful town to this day. My good friends Alvin and Brady live there. And Alvin and I, after having a, a very tasty dinner at a Cambodian restaurant with our wives and another couple, um, sat on his porch. I was able to get two cold cans of beer from my fridge because, lo and behold, the fridge was working on propane again. I've told you the on-off. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. This time it was. Um, and now i got to back up a little bit. Uh, now when I decided, well, let's go visit Alvin and Brady on condition we, we go out for supper, and we did. Because Brady is a, a very, very good cook and uh, and prepares food for people all the time. We did stay for breakfast. I confess her scrambled eggs are to die for. But uh, anyway, we had this trip, and it was my first, my wife's first time to ride any distance at all in the road trek. So it was our, sort of our first trip, after I've had this thing for, it'll be six years this fall, uh, to actually have a journey. And she enjoyed the view. But something we discovered, she discovered as soon as she got in and sat down, was the stink from this road trek. And I hadn't realized until she pointed it out, and I have not been able to get rid of it since then. And it's the smell of, I guess, urine, the, the toilet smell. And I don't think I've done a very good job of adding chemicals to the tank, which I did this morning, thank you, and cleaning the toilet properly, scrubbing with disinfectant and everything else. And I kind of let it go, and I never noticed. And then when she pointed it out, oh, my God, there's nothing but... That's the only thing I could notice, how horrendous that smell was. And I do use this thing. I use the toilet, not for pooing, but for peeing and... There's been a lot of peeing going on when I was at the races and so on. And then I've drained the tanks, but I just wasn't treating it properly. I'm sitting in it now. It's much better. And um, I will continue to use these proper chemicals that will uh, make things a little more pleasant for people who have to ride in this thing with me. Anyway, we had a wonderful trip there, wonderful night. Alvin and I had this wonderful conversation, which I'm going to get back to. And then a great trip, taking the Route 33 home from Kingston instead of getting up on the 401 uh, and driving through the town and lots of other small towns until you get to uh, Glenora, I think. And there's a ferry there, a car ferry that uh, takes about a dozen vehicles and it just crosses over, you know, it's part of the highway. You don't pay, you just drive on and you drive off when you arrive at the other side 
uh, near uh, Picton, Ontario, which is Prince Edward County. So we had the most beautiful drive home. Uh, and it was just wonderful to have Nelko sitting beside me enjoying it so much. It was very, very pleasant. So uh, we will have another trip. This is this is a change, boys and girls. This is uh, this is progress. This is progress. So anyway, Alvin and I got into a very serious conversation about life and death, life in other places, uh, the meaning of death, the finality of death, if that. And um, I found I had some very strong but very contradictory views. And I said, well, thank you, Alvin. Uh, I'd been planning anyway to uh, talk about those on the Dixon Janes podcast, and that's what I'll do. So in my next segment, I am going to try and explain what I believe in. I'm not going to do it the proper way, what normal people would do, which would be make notes and uh, you know, maybe even bullet points of exactly where I stand on issues. I think I'm just going to try the way I do on the Dixon Janes podcast, just start talking, because that's how I find I get to my version of the truth uh, and, and where I often will end up contradicting myself as I did Saturday night with Alvin. So stay tuned. That's what's next. Scarborough Dude signing off. My God, I do babble on. Bye for now. Oop, oop. Hang on. Chick, chick, chick. Greetings. I'm back. Uh, we are now, I say we because it includes you, you're with me here, in um, Buffers Park. I'm sitting by the water's edge. It's uh, There's a lovely breeze coming off the water on what is a hot day. Uh, July 4th, American Independence Day. Congratulations. I just uh, post congratulations. I don't know. Is that what you get? I hear there's been an awful lot of shootings going on. Uh, you know, mass numbers of people. But anyway... That aside, I just posted on Facebook a greeting I posted from five years ago, thanking America for all my heroes. Um, They all come from America, and I'll mention the names again. Timothy Leary, um, Henry Miller, Allen Ginsberg, Jack Kerouac, and uh, Hunter S. Thompson, and, and... the Rebels, and of course there are more, but uh, yeah, let's throw in some musicians music, musicians too. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that today. What we're going to talk about is I'm going to try very hard to share what I believe. I guess it's more I'm sharing my outlook on the world. What have I learned? What do I think? What do I believe? Uh, at the age of 75, you know, wherever I come from, uh, how many things have changed, are in the process of maybe still changing. So it's going to be a wonder because you know my brain just doesn't think in linear terms or, or straight logic, point A to Z. It's just, uh, it sort of comes, whatever comes up. So that's how this is going to be. Uh, and I'm going to try and restrict the talk to the subjects of life and death. So I'll get an easy one out of the way first, uh, and that is simply that there are, there absolutely has to be, and it's ridiculous to assume anything other than the fact that there are countless, and we could say millions or billions, you know, over time, other life forms in the universe. 
Uh, and that is simply because if all the things we are shown are real, uh, like where our sun is on the spiral edge of this particular um, galaxy that we're in, and it is just one of billions of galaxies, uh, that makes the universe itself unimaginably large. The, the human being simply cannot comprehend the vastness, the distance. And we think of, you know, how far away our sun is. Okay, but that's just one little dot amongst all these other suns, etc. You, you know the drill. You just have to, you know, Google how big is the universe or <laughs> something as simple as that. And therefore, given its size <laughs> and given the time, we're doing, what, 5 billion years? Is that the latest estimate? And maybe that's only one pulse of many big bangs. Who knows how many big bangs there were, you know. But let's just assume even if there was just one big bang uh, that started this explosion of matter uh, throughout space and non-space, uh, then yes, other life forms, other chemicals would have combined to create things that could replicate themselves. And it's unimaginable to think of, of the different forms and given as many as there would have to be, uh, it's inevitable that intelligence would arise. Uh, awareness as such as we have. We, we can reflect on ourselves. We can look and see, ooh, uh, and maybe I'm moving into the next point now. We did evolve from more primitive forms. Uh, maybe on this planet there are more intelligent life forms than us, I'm thinking in particular the whales, the mammals that came to land, went back to sea and uh, maybe chose or selected to evolve in a different environment altogether uh, and may have very sophisticated communication devices or, or means, I should say um, and just the fact that they don't build uh, does not make them necessarily less aware, less intelligent. Anyway, uh, we, we can park that about which is the most intelligent species. But we have something called self-awareness. We can look at ourselves, we can see where we can come from. So that's another point of belief. And, and the thing is, I firmly believe we are just at a very, very early stage in uh, awareness and, and using our intelligence and these stories that, you know, psychology tells us we're only using a tenth of our potential, a tenth of the brain. Uh, anybody who has dropped acid or done a drug that does seem to take you to a higher level, and I believe truly that it does, it sort of maybe short circuits the limits we put on ourselves that, that normally just to survive in day-to-day -day living... We have to behave almost as crude creatures, saying please and excuse me and thank you and uh, get about our lives so we can find a system that can feed ourselves. Still with me? I hope so. Um, and, and so there are limits, and sometimes with the use of psychedelic drugs or maybe just a little bit of uh, time alone in the woods, um, we get a, a broader picture, a deeper picture, a more uh, sophisticated picture of, of 
what the possibilities might be. And I think if we don't kill ourselves worse through um, um, destroying the environment, destroying ourselves through war, uh, creating viruses that will eat us up and kill us, uh, if we get past that, we may continue to evolve to a much higher level of understanding where maybe we truly will learn to live in peace. Okay, so let's move on. Let's park that. Um, we are individuals. We're trapped in this body. There is a mind and a personality that seems to be trapped in this body. And, and if you read Buddhist texts or, or whatever, subscribe to some Eastern philosophies, they will insist that we are all one, that we are not separate. Uh, and I'm, this is where I'm. there's gray areas. I struggle with that because I can't really, even though I have very close friends, I can't feel connected uh, even my wife is a separate person with separate values separate beliefs uh, separate emotions uh, and so I don't yet feel the oneness but I know it to be true that we are all part of one having come from this earth uh, we are stardust that belief or that slogan that came out in the 60s, um, I believe to be true. I mean, everything that's combined to make us. So then let's move on to the individual, or carry on talking about the individual. Um, we are all unique. We are all unique. We might have some look-alikes. There might be twins. It might be identical twins. But we are not the same. And this is the function, the purpose, the design of the DNA, or, or I don't know if you break that down further, I'll just use DNA for convenience sake, because I don't know a whole lot about uh, that level of uh, biology or even chemistry, um, that we are unique. And you only have to look at your own family if you have brothers or sisters and realize, well, <laughs> we don't look the same, we don't act the same, we don't believe the same. So there is a nature and nurture discussion and and last I heard 50 years ago it was you know 50-50 part of us is half of us is made up of of our personality our character uh, our beliefs our outlook our place in life is made out of from nature and what we've learned and the schools we went to the friends we made the things we've picked up as living creatures and the other half is just what we were born with, the, the, the DNA the, that made us tall, short, thin, fat, uh, intelligent, a little less intelligent, brilliant, dull, um, fearful, uh, adventuresome, all those other things that make up our character our biological DNA. And then again, if you have children of your own, you'll realize, wow, We've combined, and there, there is the children are different. My two sons are very different. Uh, picking up some from my wife, some from me, uh, and of course, then you have to go back. Well, what else did they get from their Japanese ancestors, and what did they get from their uh, Canadian, Irish, you know, uh, ancestors, and so on? Um, so there's a uniqueness to each and every one of us, and that, that's purposeful in terms of the advancement of the species. And unfortunately, with that uniqueness, means we will also have serial killers, we will also have uh, pedophiles, we will also have people who, 
are, are full of hatred and anger and, and would think nothing about torturing and abusing another human being and others who are kind and gentle and loving and forgiving and caring. Um, and that has to be, and it would be nice if we didn't have the bad people, <laughs> but um, it's a given that as long as you're going <coughs> to have this broad variety of of uh, the results of sperm and egg combining, um, you're going to get the good with the bad, the bad with the good. And back to that sperm and egg, um, a different sperm that had a won, the, won the race to fertilize that egg, and I, the person talking to you right now, would be different. Um, just by, I mean, hey, maybe that package of sperm, all the ones that went to the race that ejaculated and uh, found their way towards the egg, um, maybe the variations would not be so great. But you are unique due simply to which sperm and which egg combined at that time. That made you. Um, I think my mother might have had a miscarriage, and therefore, before me, there would have been a completely different creature, and I might not have been born. But the fact is, you are, and you are a product of those those very simple things, and uh, you you have to make the best of what you've got. So let's park that. Um, we live, we're born, just from that that act itself. Um, and we die, and to me the death is final. This you're you're, bi- you're trapped in a biological body, and it's given rise to this awareness, this consciousness, this creature capable of forming words and sharing ideas. Wow, um, we're still very limited in these bodies. As I was saying to Alvin, just think of *Stranger in a Strange Land* by Heinlein, and the concept of Grok of actually entering another person's mind to see the world the way they do or experience what they experience. Um, I think there'll be much more sophisticated forms of communication. The, the way uh, iPhones can send messages to each other or to computers and, and um, technology can be used to exchange complex data. You know, just suddenly a picture shows up on your iPhone. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I think in future, if humans continue to, to live on this planet and evolve way into the distant future, um, forming words, as I was saying to Alvin, forming words by moving your mouth to speak them and send them, these little blasts of air, to someone else's ear is quite primitive. And I think there will be in future, if if we if all goes well, uh, far more sophisticated forms of communication, and that might help us um, feel this sense of oneness and interconnectedness. Interconnectedness, an important word there, that uh, we're not at that stage yet in terms of how far humanity has gone. Um, so I was seeing a death that it's it's final, the body goes on, or the body, the body dies, brain function ceases, and with that, uh, this person, in my case, known as Ken Bowl, Scarborough Dude, uh, ceases to exist. I'm, I'm leaving behind a little trail, I'm glad, including these very words somewhere. Um, but I'm gone. Now, where we get into funny areas... So, so okay, and I want to emphasize that point, sorry. 
anybody who buys into a ridiculous fucking religion, and sorry, this just always makes me so emotional and so angry, anybody who believes there is heaven, uh, it, it's, it's, I'm exasperated. How can you possibly want to even believe that? It is now, heaven is here and now on earth. There is only now. So maybe we're circling back. I told you I'd wander a little bit, but we're circling back to what is life. (coughs) And life is this moment. This moment, as I talk to you now, sitting here, feeling the breeze off Lake Ontario in this particular region of Canada, on planet Earth at this time, in the year 2023, was measured by the birth of somebody long ago, who may or may not have existed, but probably did, and probably shared some very nice ideas. But anything that was done afterwards in the form of religion and texts that were written and rules that should be followed, in particular, I'm thinking of the Koran, the Old Testament, uh, whatever the Hebrews, the Torah, whatever their beliefs are, are primitive and crude and just plain stupid. There might have been some rules needed for people to learn how do we live in a civilized society once we've left our tribes and formed cities and and we need rules and regulations to get by. And some people found that, well, if you have a a set of beliefs and you punish the wrongdoers or you scare the shit out of people for wrongdoing, um, that might help. And perhaps it served a purpose. It does not serve a purpose now. I'm a humanist and a humanist means just be good. You know what it is to be good. You know what the right things are to do. And that's to be kind and caring and sharing and loving. Uh, And that's not so hard. And you just don't need a goddamn fucking stupid religion to do that. And it just annoys me. And it's silly. I I shouldn't be emotional about this. But it just bothers me that people will cling to this. and, and, And need the label of I'm a Christian. I'm a Jew. I'm a Muslim. Fuck you. All of you. God damn. The idea of believing in a God, if you've given what I, what I started off with, the vastness of the universe and the, the randomness of life, the randomness of forming you, um, and the, the, all the other forms of life that do exist or have existed and will exist out there in space, it's ridiculous to think of an all-encompassing God that has anything to do with humans. Okay? I might allow for the fact that there is a a Godhead, a great consciousness, a oneness of life, something that's kind of hard to define, that maybe our minds... At one point, if we fall far enough or, or get to a high enough state, might plug into, might connect with, might, you might feel the oneness. And I think you can when you're high. I think you can when you tune into the present moment. And let's get back to that. Because the past and the future don't exist. They, they did. You've lived through it and it's gone. Uh, it has value. Uh, it allows you to live a comfortable life. If you if you think in terms of a future and plan for it and get educated so that you can get a job, so you can have money, so that you can live in a, 
a shelter and have food for yourself and your family. It makes sense to plan. Um, and it's wonderful to have memories. I know when I do die, I will, I will, I will face my death with um, a degree of comfort and satisfaction for having lived a very rich and full and quite wonderful life. I have, have lived well. I'm grateful for that. I think my father did too, probably. I think he might, might have realized that at the end. And I will go out that way, and, and maybe I hope my children do, that life was not wasted, that life was spent in living. You only live in the now. I only exist now as I feel this little bit of breeze and look out at the ripples of the waves and see the trees all around me. This is the only time you are alive. I am alive. You, as you're listening to this, wherever you happen to be, you've probably been dis- distracted by something else and you've already had enough of my words, so your mind is elsewhere. But occasionally, we can get to the point where we can tune in to the now, to this moment. Try and hold it. Try and freeze it. You can't, like a butterfly like love you can't hold it you can't grasp it you can't keep it but you can wake up to it and let's just park that I don't know what else to do with that um, so no life after death fuck you fuck you you got this one make the most of it and the only thing you do have now is now But as I was telling Alvin, and let's just, we'll wander just a little bit into some weird territory. I do feel in the course of a person's life, there are struggles. There are challenges. There is room for growth. There is room for advancement. There is room, or there is a need to perhaps reach a higher level of understanding to deal with demons, to move ahead somehow, and I and I, maybe this is like the um, uh, what's his name's this you know the, this hierarchy of, of needs that you you get to the point of self fulfillment, self awareness, Maslow's hierarchy, and, and Google that if you need to, but you probably know it, I'm sure. Um, there is a higher level once your basic needs are met. There is a desire. There is a need. There, there's a, an element, I'm, I'm sidestepping here, of, of creativity. And this is, this is part of the DNA. It's creativity. And creativity is, is what advances us forward, what, what makes some people scientists, some people doctors, some people philosophers. There's a, there's a, there's a, a need to create. Some people artists, some people poets. There's, there's a need built into us. And this is what, this is, this, need for expressing our creativity is what moves us forward as a species the need to be creative and I, I think it's it's may not exist does not exist in in lower level animals but it does exist in the human right? we're sophisticated enough uh, maybe it does to some degree in chimps I don't know I mean, the ones who use a stick to get at the ants down the ant hole and so um um that's a solution to a problem. I do believe that we have our own problems, and they're peculiar to each one of us. Uh, and I think of them as hurdles that you've got to get over. And we know that any problem in life that we have personally, 
and they're all unique to each of us, that we don't deal with, that we don't face up to. It doesn't go away. It stays there like a monster in a closet, uh, like a blockage. And you have to face these demons and deal with them. I, I was helped by group therapy. I was probably helped to some degree by counseling. Um, and um, I, I have faced some of my... I, the other word I used again with the conversation with Alvin was knots. The knots that, were, that are tied and that we have to loosen somehow. Now, here's where it gets a little weird. So I, I, that's, to me, a given, and, and each of us has, and, and the life is a process of loosening these knots, of untying them. And this goes back to sort of the 60s, hippie dippy philosopher, people like Carl Rogers, R.D. Lang, and uh, I guess Maslow a little earlier, and, and uh, there are others out there. Um, that my feeling is that we can die without all these knots being undone. Gosh, by the light of day, I don't, I don't know if I can take this step. I did with Alvin, and it was to, to put the case that the knots that don't get resolved might be passed on to another person. Now, this is not about reincarnation, and this is not about having a soul that gets passed on. Because I don't, you know, I, I after what I've already said, I, I'm not allowed to believe you have a soul. <laughs> you only have a, a, a biological product. This personality is, is, a, is a product of the brain's you know, electrical activity in very sophisticated form, very complex thing, this thing called personality. I guess I'm going to have to end here uh, on this very vague idea that I almost believe that somebody did the heavy lifting for me, that I am standing on the shoulders of giants at some other life, some other person. I don't know if it was in my family tree. Maybe it is. Maybe it's through the DNA. Maybe it is through the DNA that's passed on to from other ancestors. Did a lot of the work, solved, untied a lot of the knots, and therefore my life has been easier, and my knots have been easier to untie, and I've untied a lot of them, and I'm in a, a very happy space and a very comfortable space at this age of 75, that I, I feel quite together, quite content. Now, anybody else might argue, well, that's because you got a roof over your head, you got enough money when you sell your house, you're married, you got children, you got good food every single day of the week. That's the only reason you're happy. It's nothing to do with knots and solving problems. And I, that may be true. But there is still a part of me that believes... Um, that I was born with a lot of the work already done. I, I was given a, 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 almost a sunny disposition, a positive outlook, a positive attitude because of previous generations. And I know when somebody gets married and has children of a different parent that maybe some of what I have will be passed on to my sons, but they also picked up whatever it was that my wife and her ancestors had. 
So I this is this is just all vague here. This is where I'd prefer people to jump in on and, and tell me if they agree or don't. I know I'm going over time, but um, I guess I'll just I'll just have to park that there. This idea of knots. There are some people who are just just angry, and as I mentioned, full of hatred, and partly because they don't have food on the table, they don't have it. But there's there's others, even those with all they need in life, are still not content and have not had the blessing of uh, positivity, of hope. And uh, and they need more time to do it. I guess that's what it comes down to. We, we need a certain amount of time. And, and how much of this is just simply DNA, like what, what ancestors worked out somehow is, is passed along? I just don't know. And, and that's where I'm going to have to end this. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll come back to it another time. But uh, <laughs> we're running out of time here. And uh, I've exhausted your listening skills. I'll get back to my book, Unbroken, and read about uh, just that. The people who've suffered. It's interesting. There is a tie-in. There is a tie-in to this particular book. The people who, the native, the aboriginal people, whose lives are completely uprooted and destroyed uh, by another race of people coming in and just taking their land and... Uh, putting them in very difficult and, and upsetting the balance they had achieved and, and creating a lot of uh, pain and anger and frustration uh, and sadness. Um, so I'll go on from there. Maybe that will help me learn something else. But uh, in terms of what I'm going to pass on, that's probably too late. <sighs> Scarborough Dude, oh my God. Signing off an attempt at explaining what I believe. Bye for now and bye for this podcast. See you next week. Bye-bye. Ding dong.